Thanks for tuning in to this episode of At Night We Roll, an RPG podcast with actual play and roundtable discussions. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram via At Night We Roll. debut episode of at night we roll podcast i'm your host jeremy i'm also your host here dylan i am your third host josh and i am the new guy host cam <laughs> yes last but certainly not least who's the uh, new guy exactly uh so we are playing tonight an actual live recording session of call of cthulhu um seventh edition Specifically, we're going to be playing a scenario called The Titan Incident, which was written by William Adcock. Um, unlike traditional Call of Cthulhu scenarios, which are set in like 1920, 1930 sort of thing, this is set um, pretty far in the future. So we've got a bit of a non-typical version of Call of Cthulhu, but should be fun nonetheless. By the waning years of the 22nd century, humanity has expanded beyond Earth, establishing colonies on Mars, Ceres, and the moons of Jupiter and Saturn, the latter of these being largely penal, or mining colonies, taking advantage of the isolation and mineral wealth of these moons. One such colony, known as Benedict's Rest, was established on the shores of the North Polar Sea of Lygia Mare on the moon Titan in the year 2169. Originally a penal colony that used convict labor to harvest liquid methane, Benedict's Rest has been bought out by a German energy conglomerate, Richter Dynamics. It's expanded now, in 2189, to include free miners, which outnumber the convicts 5 to 1, 158 free miners to 31 convicts. The colony's productivity, formerly the highest of any Richter colony site, has dropped 19% in the last month with no reasonable explanation provided. In the same period, the colony medic, Dr. Henry Holzer, has suddenly died. The administration has been vagued regarding the cause, though it has been intimated that he committed suicide. Over the objections of the colony administrator, James Kingsley, Richter Dynamics has sent a team of corporate troubleshooters to investigate these two issues and make recommendations to revive productivity. Our scenario begins this evening as our investigators play as these corporate troubleshooters. That being said, your guys' kind of main point of contact for the moon base, uh, Benedict's Rest, is going to be James Kingsley. He is the uh, colony's administrator. He's basically the top dog down there. He runs the whole joint. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, you guys have a meeting set with him upon your arrival. But in order to get there, you are coming from the moon Ganymede, uh, which is a moon of Jupiter. Um, it's a 72-hour flight to get from Ganymede to uh to titan um and if any of you have been on a plane you know that it's very uncomfortable and likewise this is also a very uncomfortable journey um just aside from the g-forces you experience of getting out of jupiter's gravity well and then flying 72 hours in a pretty tight cabin uh with seats that pretty much resemble what you'd expect for uh um a spacecraft like this it's basically like a uh a drone spaceship of source, so it's capable of like atmospheric and deep space flight. Um, 
the only benefit really is that you get to enjoy the benefits of zero gravity for these 72 hours, but unfortunately with not much room to move around. Um, you've been basically eating microwavable meals and pouched coffee for the last 72 hours. Uh, been a pretty rough ride, but you three have gotten to know each other through this pretty close encounter journey from one moon into the other. Um, so with that being said, I'll kind of toss it over to you, Dylan. Tell us a little about your character, who he is, and what he's doing on this, uh, uh, what he's doing on this spacecraft. So I'm playing a character named Neil Owens. He, uh, he was a nepotism hire in Richter Dynamics. His grandfather was the original owner of the previous company after Richter bought it out to a German company 20 years ago. Um, he's here to investigate a drop in productivity. Uh, he happens to be accompanied by two other individuals. Um, but essentially he's here as a representative for the company. So it's, he's a corporate individual who's going to look at the statistics and see how everything's going. Um, he understands that a small portion of the working populace is convicts. Uh, Neil Owens is a sharp good-looking chap, you know, dark hair, American, and uh, he's here to, you know, get some stats. <laughs> That's it. Sounds good. Uh, Josh, who are you playing, and uh, what are you doing on this spaceship? I am playing the uh, not-so-prestigious Dr. Lazarine uh, physician, and uh, she heard about a death of a colleague, almost a lover, and she will be uh, kind of trying to find out a little bit more about about how her uh, her lover, Henry Holzer, died. Um, and she will be also filling in as the uh, colony's uh, medic there. That's right, where one doctor dies, someone needs to take their place. And so, Cam, what about you? Who are you playing, and uh, what are you doing on the spacecraft? Well, my name is Sergeant Richard Caldwell. I am Marshal in the uh, Marshal for the uh, Space Faring Nations. I've been uh, tasked to investigate uh, a death on this this moon. And it's it's getting pretty difficult for me to drum up the enthusiasm. This is this is my last rodeo. Perfect. You guys are accompanied with uh, a few other people on this spacecraft. Most of them are for the maintenance and the piloting of this ship. Um, they're not expected to be staying on the Titan uh, moon with you. They'll basically be dropping you off and. Uh, letting you stay out your your time here, and then they'll be returning back to Ganymede where the spacecraft is needed for other ventures and that sort of thing. So you guys are making your final approach into Titan. Uh, you can see that um, the moon itself uh, is kind of got this orange uh, kind of glow to it a bit. Um, the atmosphere is quite... Uh, quite thick and so it's hard to see the surface from from where you're coming in but um you guys basically make contact with the atmosphere and right away you're met with like just righteous turbulence it's shaking this uh this spacecraft you're hearing the the metal kind of 
twine and rotate and it's shearing and you can feel like it's being brought along for a pretty hardcore ride through this, uh, through this atmosphere. Um, you kind of break through the upper atmosphere and the clouds kind of dissipate and you're able to start seeing some land features on the surface of Titan. Um, for the most part, uh, there's basically just rocky terrain. It's, it's mountains of, uh, frozen methane and nitrogen. Um, there's spires of like, uh, liquid methane flying into the air and then coming like raining down and forming like pools and rivers and lakes. Um, the, the frozen kind of snow methane itself is, is kind of being drifted in some areas as winds kind of propel it into big sand dunes. But, um, uh, Overall, it's it's a pretty alien sight to you guys if you haven't been on a s similar planet to this. Um, you notice that the turbulence is getting quite... Uh, it's it's dropping down. It's not being as strong as you get closer to the surface. And so you're kind of getting the idea that uh, maybe it's just the upper atmosphere that's that's super turbulent. And as you get closer to the surface, it's a little more, uh, little more mild. Um, I'll get at this point for everyone to make a spot hidden roll as you're kind of looking out the windows upon uh, the landscape of Titan. I rolled a 20. Do I have that skill here? Spot hidden is 50. Okay. Okay, so that's a... That's a critical success. I think that's a hard success. You got... Yeah, an extreme would be one-fifth, which would be 10 if your skill is gotcha. 50. Yep, yep. I failed with a 62. Uh, I got a 30. Out of? Uh, 45 was... Okay. Um, Alright, so Dr. Lazarine and uh, Sergeant Caldwell, uh, you're both looking out the windows and you can make out the uh, large lake that is Ligia Mare that Benedict's rests uh, stands upon, um, basically on the coast of this massive lake, uh, you can make out this kind of collection of, of gray, um, gray buildings and spiraling and spider webbing out from there is basically just miles of pipeline in multiple different directions. Uh, these pipelines will eventually make their way to a uh, pumping station where they're able to find, um, kind of like a pure, uh, a pure vein of liquid methane and that's what they're harvesting and they don't want to bring out any impurities and that sort of thing. So they're kind of trying to find these specific kind of rivers or veins or something like that. Got, got of like a good flow of methane and they're filling up these, uh, from what you can see at some of the pumping stations, they're filling up these massive silos, um, uh, with these. And then obviously they're pumping them back to Benedict's rest and there's, uh, a collection of maybe some uh, cargo planes that might haul some of this, but uh, for the most part, the only f uh, plane you can see in sight is, is your own. Um, <clears throat> that being said, you guys basically descend upon uh, Benedict's Rest, and you see coming into sight is a landing pad on the surface. It's kind of got drifts of methane snow kind of cast around it. The orange glow uh, or the orange fog that kind of co covers this planet. Um, it's not as thick at the surface, uh, but looking upwards, uh, you can just kind of barely make out the sun and you can like just even again, barely make out Saturn, which is going to be the, the planet that you're orbiting. 
eventually you make contact with the landing pad um, and you just hear this like overwhelming hiss of hydraulics as the landing pad itself descends beneath the ground goes about 15 feet and this big metal dome kind of rises up and closes over top of you you can hear a series of like latches like closing this thing in uh you can hear like an hvac system come on and it starts like scrubbing the atmosphere and cleaning out all the um all the like harmful air and poison and stuff like that in the air that obviously you guys can't breathe so it kind of starts cleaning that out bringing in heaters melting all the methane snow um and eventually a, a fasten seatbelt sign kind of clicks off um and you guys basically are able to unbuckle yourselves and kind of climb out of the spacecraft they've wheeled around a a staircase uh for you guys to come out and there's already some ground crew that are like bringing out your gear and your luggage and that sort of thing um Standing at the base of the staircase is uh, a man, a young man that's kind of got sandy hair. He's got a pretty fresh face. Um, he's wearing these jet black coveralls uh, and he's got uh, kind of like a security sigil on the um, patch uh, on the side sidearm. And he's basically standing at the bottom of these stairs and there's a little miniature electric bus that sits behind him. It's like an oversized golf cart of sorts. Um, he's kind of pulled that up and parked it there. And uh, as you're coming down, uh, he kind of gestures out a hand and walks eagerly up to you, Neil. And he's, ah, yes, Neil Owens. Great to have you. Awesome to see corporate coming around here. I trust your flight was well. Oh, God, man, it was terrible. I'm not shaking your filthy hand. And Neil will reach into his pocket and pull out a cigarette. And light it and be like, you know how long? Three fucking days I've been waiting for this cigarette. Three fucking days. He ashes on the ground in front of the guy. He's like, just show me to my quarters. I don't have time to deal with your slag ass. Wow. Corporate surely does make a name for themselves. Uh, yes. Take a seat in the minibus and uh, we'll certainly get you to your quarters as soon as possible. I, I, I understand it's been a long journey. I did have to make it myself when I came here. Um... Great, yes, and your bags will be brought along with you just shortly as well. Ah, yes, Sergeant Caldwell. It is certainly unfortunate to have your presence here. However, it's a great feeling to have such a man of your esteemed prowess here. I have, could have so much to learn. I just want to pepper you with questions, but I must refrain myself. Uh, I trust your experience on the flight was adequate? And he kind of looks nervously at you. Um... I mean, what was uh, seventy-two hours is not a fun time to spend in a boat, but you do what you have to do. Thanks for having us here. Uh, what's your name? Ah, yes, of course. How could I forget myself? I am Officer Robert Tyson. I am a uh, temporary head security here, uh, and I'll be uh, chauffeuring you around uh, and can obviously answer any questions. Um, and of course, I'll bring you to your quarters and. We'll be arranging your meeting with uh, James Kingsley. Um, great, yes. And if you just want to take a seat on the, the, the minibus there, that'd be great. And finally, but certainly not least, ah, uh, yes, the lovely Dr. Lazarine. It is so sad to have you have to come here under such horrible circumstances. But the colony certainly needs a doctor, and I trust that, uh, that we'll have the accommodations to support you in your duties. How fared your flight? Are you, are you tired? Do you need, uh, do you need anything at all, Doctor Lazarine? I, I really wouldn't mind having a, 
hot shower, if that's possible. Of course, our our uh, officials' quarters in our administration building—they are outfitted with the uh, outfitted with everything you could possibly want. Um, certainly, just take a seat, uh, and I'll I'll bring you around, and we can uh, get you introduced. But I, I'm sure we can go through uh, all the formalities once you've all had a maybe a big nap and a, uh, something to eat. I'm sure something better than uh, the microwave meals you've been serving or you've been having on there. Certainly. Great. Uh, so he kind of hops into the driver's seat. Um, and I just would want to ask who would want to sit where in this thing. It's basically got a front seat and then there's some bench seats behind it. Uh, I think I w- Dr. Lazarine would just assume that she gets the front seat. I would want to sit away from Neil wherever I can. <laughs> yeah, Neil would definitely sit in the back. He's used to being chauffeured around. The idea of even having to sit in the front seat is like... uh. I've never been in the front seat before. <laughs> right. Okay, so Dr. Lazarine for sitting right beside uh, Officer Tyson and uh, Sergeant Caldwell. I guess you'd be kind of in the middle row. I'll get both of you to make a spot hidden roll. Spot hidden. And just tell me if you got a regular success or a hard success. I don't need to know the exact number you've rolled. Gotcha. Uh, I got a hard success. I failed. Okay. Um... So, Dr. Lazarine, you notice that on that insignia that he's got on his patch um, shoulder there, uh, underneath it is kind of like like it would have his name, his title, and that sort of thing. And it's like a freshly ironed on head of security kind of symbol. Uh, Like it's clearly like was put on um, just a few weeks ago. It definitely isn't worn in nearly as much as like the patch above it, which is clearly just their sigil. Um, so, you know, when he introduced himself as the temp of head security, he really meant it. He is the temporary head of security. And he seems to be wearing that quite proudly. Like he's leaning mm-hmm. into view to make sure that you guys can see it. Um, but sure enough, he starts driving and you can hear the little electric engines whir as this uh, little mini bus starts kind of, bringing you off the landing uh, the landing area of where you first came in. Uh, and he takes you into a big, long hallway. Um, from this hallway, it kind of branches out into several different administrative buildings. Um, and I've thrown a couple photos here in uh, the chat. So uh, nothing too specific, but to just kind of give you an idea of what this stuff might look like. Um, He's driving you down this and the hallways are quite wide and every once in a while there's like a window uh, that you can see into the kind of frigid landscape Um, and every window kind of again just gives that bit of an orange tinge to everything is like this uh, fog kind of is able to all the light that gets scattered through it just kind of coats everything with a orange tinge. Um, He starts driving you down and he's kind of just making small talk. Uh, Well... I'll have you all know that, uh, well, first of all, welcome to Titan. And uh, the the moon here is not really well suited for human life, as you probably noticed coming in. Uh, we sit here at a pretty balmy minus 172 degrees Celsius outside. So I wouldn't be venturing too far outside the uh, the colony here, not unless you're wearing one of our space suits. Because um, you're saying it's brisk. Certainly brisk, and definitely don't go out with a jacket. That being said, outside, as much as I'm sure you felt the turbulence when you came in, 
ground level, we're dealing with a pretty breezy 8 to 10 miles an hour winds. Nothing to sneeze about, but for the most part, you'll notice that a lot of our walkways outside are outfitted with magnetic railways. Our spacesuits do have magnetic boots. They'll keep you solidly in place. Uh, just definitely don't go jumping off anything because you'll find that the uh, gravity here is quite a bit lighter than what you'd experience on, on Earth. Um, that being said, uh, we run on Berlin time here. It's currently 11 in the morning. If you'd like to set your watches, please. That being said, there is, uh, well, uh, you can see that we have uh, the administrative sector down there. We've got the penal sector that's down there. The contract minor housing, which houses our free miners, is down there. Uh, down there, we have the maintenance sector, where we keep uh, um, the security sector as well, which is uh, obviously where uh, I'm going to be returning to. Uh, at the bottom of the administrative center, we do have the uh, Meglev launch, which is a train system that will connect you to all of the pumping stations um, around here on Benedict's Rest. I have for you, and he holds up a bunch of dangling ID badges, uh, and he's like, I've got three ID badges for you, all granted with uh, absolute clearance throughout the facility here. James, Mr. Kingsley, he wanted you guys to have absolute freedom to do your investigation. Um, so if you'll put these on, and he kind of leans back and uh, gives each of you your uh, associated all-access pass. Um, but he turns down the administrative branch and is bringing you to the uh, the officials' quarters. So kind of these quarters that are separate from where all the miners live, but these are set up for specifically when like visiting corporate people come uh, come to Benedict's Rest. Um, he basically brings you to a, a single apartment door. Uh, he says. Inside, uh, you'll find three separate bedrooms. Uh, there's a bit of a common area. There's some food stocked in the fridge, some beverages. Um, please, take a nap, rest, stretch your legs, whatever you need. Have a coffee. Uh, your meeting with Mr. Kingsley can be arranged um, at your earliest convenience. He is currently meeting with our accounting department, so unfortunately he, can't, he couldn't meet you right off the plane as much as he wanted to. Um, Whenever you're ready, there is an intercom system within the apartment. Feel free to buzz me. You'll see my hotkey on there on the intercom system. So feel free to call me whenever you're ready. Here are the keys, uh, or sorry, your your ID badges should allow you access into the apartment building. Sounds good. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, Neil would just take his fob and clip it onto his chest. He wouldn't say anything. Nope. Same with uh, Richard. It's another place, another badge. You can tell uh, Robert is a bit bummed that you guys aren't as vocal. Um, oh, well, not a lively folk, are you? Um, okay, well, like I said, message me whenever you're ready. I'll be down in the security sector. As he's turning around, yeah, I will... Robert, what happened to the head of security? Why are you temporary? Who has given you this position? You hear the electric engines kind of come to a stop, and then he leans backwards and kind of gives you like a double take. Uh, well, I mean, the head of security, he's had a bit of a rough in, um, not feeling well. So for the time being, it's my job to take over his duties. Is he in the med quarters? No, he's... He's in his, his room. It's next to the security center. We have our quarters at the security 
the security center. Wait, who was the head of security? Well, that'd be Sergeant David Montrose. But he's a bit under the weather, mm-hmm. staying inside his room. He's haven't been feeling these good for these last few weeks. I'm temporary head security. No need to worry about Sergeant Montrose because you can just ask me anything. I'm head head temporary security. I could, but I I knew Montrose back at the academy. So we go back away. So I'd like to have a chat with him whenever I get the chance. Not that you're not doing a fine job, but I mean, old friends and such. You understand? Yes. Um. If there's time, of course. I'm sure you've got plenty to investigate here. Both the, sure there is. the death and all. Sure so always make time. I'll certainly try and see if there's an opening in his schedule. But like I said, he's he's not feeling well. Um, what kind of not well? Is it the kind of not well that he's still alive, or the other kind of not well? Oh, he's certainly alive. Uh, would you like to make a psychology check, Cam? I would like to make a psychology check. Where is psychology on here? Is alphabetical? It is, yeah. It is. Okay. Psychology. Uh, that is a massive fail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one other thing I didn't quite mention, but I'm sure you came across when you were reading the rules, uh, is pushing. Um, right. Yeah, so you do always have the option of pushing a failed roll. Uh, if you do push and that's a failed... my luck points? No. Uh, so luck points is kind of its own thing, but pushing uh, will simply be... Attempting the roll again. Uh, however, mm-hmm. if you fail the second time, usually something bad will happen. Um, well, and I'll, what possibly could yeah, happen? I'll usually have to foreshadow <laughs> a bit of what you're buying into. Um, okay, well, let's push, because when push comes to shove, that's more fun. Uh, 13 is a, yes, a critical success. No, a hard success. Hard success. Okay. Um... Yeah, you definitely get the feeling that Robert Tyson is not being totally forthcoming about the status of Sergeant Montrose. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's definitely, you can like see the perspiration kind of coming, uh, like the sweat kind of forming in his temples. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely his voice and demeanor has all changed. Uh, definitely feeling a little uncomfortable and always trying to change the tone of the conversation. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob. Can I call you Bob? All right, Bob. I've been around this moon a few times, and I do mean this moon. Uh, I, I can tell when something's not right, and I'd say it's fishy, but there's no fish here. So why don't you just level with me? I'm not here for you or for anybody else. I just want to see my friend one more time before I head home. So why don't we make that happen? And this doesn't need to get ugly. You can kind of see his spine curve down as he clearly is like submitting to uh, your reason. Um Looking somewhat defeated. Ah, uh, well, it's just... It's somewhat embarrassing, Mr. Caldwell. Montus is, uh... I mean, he's been drinking a lot lately, and he's been just shut in in his room. Uh, we really haven't been able to see hide nor hair of him, other than through talking through his security system, uh, through the cam link into his room. Uh, he doesn't come out. We basically have to deliver him his food and his, his whiskey. Hmm. Maybe uh, an old friend it, might help him. I don't know. Is this something that I would have uh, known of Montrose? We didn't develop that character, but is that something you know? Uh, you wouldn't think that Montrose would be a drinker. Um, in your time with him in the Academy, I mean, you guys may have had the old boozing session once here and there, but he was never an alcoholic. Okay. Um, is this uh, Montrose still getting paid salary, Robert? Well, 
I would hope so. I mean, everyone's eligible for one month's paid sick leave. Um, I know that I had to use two weeks last year. I, I, I just, I swear I wasn't feeling well. The airlock didn't close in time. I, I, I took two weeks off. It's okay, right? <laughs> easy, easy, Robert. Now, how long has uh, Montreux been uh, sick? Sorry, um, how long have you been temporary security leader? Well, it's been about three weeks since I had to officially any kind of turns so that the newly embroidered sigil on his sleeve is showing towards you. He's like, officially temporary head of security for about three weeks now. But I believe it was a few days prior to that that, uh, well, Sergeant Montrose definitely started to have a few more drinks at the nighttime dinner, if you might, if I might say so myself. I think immediately we should reduce his liquor rations and inform accounting that we'll be cutting off a salary within the week. That'll be all. And Neil well, Owens will turn certainly... away and head into the apartment. Yeah, he's maybe scrambling for like a notepad to like start writing that down, <laughs> even though it's probably not his job description, but he's like, he just submits to authority. No questions asked. Uh, okay, so you guys go into the uh, apartment. Um, it's a pretty bare bones apartment. What you'd probably expect for almost like a upscale hotel. Um, their common area has kind of got like a couch, an entertainment area, a kitchen. Uh, but then there is kind of three separate bedrooms that have their own kind of uh, uh, bathroom and, and shower and that sort of thing. So um, it's kind of up to you guys what you want to do right now. Well, I'd like to uh, stretch and lie down and I'd like to have a chat with uh, Dr. Lazarine, if possible. Uh, Dr. Lazarine would probably head into um, into her room and kind of unload all her, all her stuff. And these are three separate rooms, right? And yeah, so there's, uh, like, you have a common area in your apartment. It's basically like a three-bedroom apartment. Okay. Yeah. Um, and leaving the door open, you see her sort of uh, stretch and start to unbutton her... Uh, Unbutton her shirt. Just in full view? Or yeah. Alright. Well, I'm going to notice that. I'm kind of raise my eyes and just wander into my room just a bit so that I can still talk, but respectfully avoid the situation. Um, shall I pour you a drink, doctor? And I'll lean back and do like a sofa and put my feet up and kick my shoes off. <laughs> No, no, that's all right. I, I don't need one right now. Thank you, though. Perhaps later. And I'll put my cigarette out you know, on the table, probably, because there's probably not even, like, an ashtray anymore, and lean back on the sofa and proceed to pass out. Okay. Um, well. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's, that's certainly a relief. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Do- Dr. Laz- Lazarine, um, you can still hear me over there? Yes. Yes. yes all right. So that's, that's good. Um, how how's how's things over there? What what brings you to this place? I uh, oh, I'm a little, a little awkward with this 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 door here, but um, uh, yeah, everything's everything's fine. Um, how are you? Well, you know, I could be better. Oh. My apparently former lover has committed suicide. They tell me. So there's an opening. Suicide. Sorry to interrupt. I thought you were no. asleep. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, I'm just here. I I really 
have a bad feeling that he didn't commit suicide. And that wouldn't happen to be Dr. Henry, Henry Holzer, would it? It is. It is. Well, that's the fellow that I'm here for as well, but I imagine for different circumstances. Oh, and how do you know uh, Henry? Oh, oh, I don't. He was, a, he was a name on a page, but head office sent me to uh, investigate him. Apparently, apparently this is a suicide, but, I mean, you say otherwise, so, I mean, I'm curious. What, other than the obvious, what was your relationship like? No, we, we were... We were pretty good. We, uh, we had our fights, obviously. Um, but yeah, we, for the most part, we were, we were happy when we were together. And how, how together were you? Was this like a casual thing where you posted together or, I mean, it's, it's a big space out there. It's, uh, how often did you see each other? Well, I haven't seen him for a few months, but you know. We we had talked on the phone or, or on, on comms. Oh, I see. Uh, every I once in a while. We I understand. Maybe yeah. talked as recently as we would like to, but... When was the last yeah. time you spoke with him? Uh, I'd, I'd say a few months ago. Months. All right. He, everything seemed fine then? No. We, we, we had a fight. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's, um, it's quite all right. No, please go ahead. Oh, that's that's all I had to say. Okay. We just we just had a little fight, a little see. tiff. I see, but I mean, he certainly didn't seem unwell, and everything no was good with him. What uh, what did you fight about, if I may ask? You may not. I may not. No. I get it. I'm sorry. I've got I've got my family back home, so won't won't pry there. It um, is a little personal. Thank you. Of course, of course. Well, I'm going to uh, take a quick catnap here and I'll leave you to your yourself. Okay. And with that, uh, Dr. Lazarine will actually close the door and uh, hop in the shower. Okay. And how, how old is Neil? Uh, I would say Neil's probably like 31. Like he's he's young enough okay. that he yep. looks young, but he's old enough that he's like still quick-witted in the business sense. Yep. And, and Lazarine is 46 as page? Yep. Okay, cool. As Neil's lying All down right. on the couch, he will spout up, be like, shut down, old timer. Okay. <laughs> I got my... Sorry, you want to go ahead? No, there's nothing I want to say to him. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you two are not on the right footing right off the get-go. <laughs> Dr. Lazarine, after your shower, uh, what do you plan to do from there? Uh... Probably see if she has any messages, and then probably have have a snooze. Okay. Um, so basically, while the other two are, are napping, uh, one uh, Neil Owens sleeping on the couch uh, hasn't even entered into his room or unloaded his gear or anything like that. Uh, the other Sergeant Caldwell closed door in his bedroom. Um, I want Caldwell and uh, Owens to make power checks. Power. What is a power? Yeah, so that check? is up in your uh, characteristics, um, right below intelligence. It's two d twenty. Power. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nope. This is d one hundred. D one. Oh, so yeah. That's what I meant. I'm. A, I fail. Uh, sorry. Um, I pass. I fail. Okay. Um. So, Sergeant Caldwell, 
uh, your sleep doesn't come easily. And when you do finally fall into a pretty haphazard sleep, uh, you kind of drift into unconsciousness with this um, that kind of brown, murky eyelid color overlaid with the orange tinge that you've seen coming in here. It's almost like when you've st stared at the sun too long, you kind of got that burned effect, like you're seeing uh, this kind of orange tinge. It's kind of just like stuck in your unconsciousness, and it is kind of just lingering there, making for a very uncomfortable sleep. Um, through this dream, you're kind of seeing this orange tinge kind of coagulate and form into a, a burning ball directly in front of your face. And it turns crimson in color and almost if it could turn, if a sphere could turn to see you, this sphere is doing that. It makes you feel very uncomfortable and it's getting so close to your face that you're scared. It's going to like basically breach into your skull. And finally, just when you think you can't take it anymore, you hear this like kind of shrill echoing voice kind of emanate throughout your entire body saying, who are you? Who are you? Why are you here? And you're like tossing and turning while you're going through this. Um, Dr. Lazarine, I'd like for you to make a listen check to see if you hear this. It'll have to be a hard listen check. Ooh. Since it's in the other room. Yeah, failed. Okay. I won't talk. Snitches get stitches. Never. Okay, with that being said... Uh, when you go to sleep, Dr. Lazarine, I'd like for you to make a power check as well. Uh, fail. Okay. A very similar dream occurs to you. Starting off as kind of the same orangish tinge and fog that you're used to kind of being on Titan, forming into this kind of burning crimson orb that's just sitting at the end of your nose, almost entering your body, and then a repeating shrill echoing voice saying, like, who are you and what are you doing here? Um, when you both wake, you don't feel like you actually got any rest. And I'd like for you both to make sanity checks. And what is a sanity? I have to roll D, the, the D100 under my sanity? Exactly, yeah. So your yeah, okay. sanity is 45. 45. I rolled 23, so I'm good. Yes. I failed. Okay, so that's one point of sanity taken off of your total uh, Dr. Lazarine. Yeah. And I'm fine? You're okay. You just chalked it up to bad dreams, you know? These things happen in the outer reaches yeah. of the solar yep. system. I've seen scary things in a burning eyeball. At this point, uh, I'd say maybe like an hour has elapsed um, from you guys having like various shitty sleeps. Neil Owens just out like a rock wakes up you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, I would probably check. I'm assuming there's like a mini fridge in here. Um, yep. He would uh, walk over and check for a whiskey or a hard liquor to pour himself one. Okay. Um, yeah, there's probably uh, there's probably some alcohol there for sure. Yeah, so I would just be on the rocks in a rocks glass and he's got a smoke in one hand and he's sitting there drinking. And he's uh, going over, probably had like a tablet. And just going over notes, files, um, seeing like statistical analysis of profit margins of the last four months. Oh, but he hasn't said much. Sure, sounds good. 
I'm going to wander over and ask him what he's doing. I'm just naturally curious about all sorts of things. Well, you see here with the company, we've had a significant decrease in profit, and I'm here to investigate as to why. Um, whether it be morale, whether we need to make more cuts, whether the convicts uh, portion of the workers isn't working out next to the rest of the workers, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but some things definitely need to be remedied here. And how long has this been going on for? This, like a 70% cut isn't just because some guy killed himself. No, right? no. Um, and I'm wondering if that has something to do with, like I said, the morale. It's not really my area of expertise. I'm more of a, an analyst here, but if morale is that low that yeah, people I are killing themselves, picked up on then that. Uh, we have some serious things to look at. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do too, Marshall. And I'll ash my cigarette. <laughs> um, but the first things first, I'd like to talk to maintenance and uh, or su whoever's supervising all the stations. Um, is that Kingsley? Uh, well, Kingsley is just the administrator, so he's kind of like the top dog for this whole place. There's definitely each crew of each pumping station will have their own supervisor, but uh, uh, you guys definitely, you, Kingsley's kind of slotted out his afternoon to make sure that he can fit in a meeting with you guys. That's good. I want to talk to Mr. Kingsley too. Yeah. Uh, is the uh, doctor awake and clothed? <laughs> um, you should go ask her. I'm going uh, I'm to stay here and let you two you do. Would you like a drink, Marshall? Oh, I'd be much obliged. What do you have uh, there? It's a poor, poor peaty scotch, but it'll do for now. Pour him a glass. 12 years? Uh, 15, actually. Captain's Reserve. Oh, that is not a poor scotch. <laughs> I mean, when you've, when you've been out with the uh, Sidonians, that is not a poor scotch. Well, then we're drinking in class, aren't we, Marshall? All right. To you, uh, Cheers. I'll go ahead and knock on the uh, doctor's door. Just a minute. Um, I think we're going to meet Mr. Kingsley. Would you like us to wait for you, Mrs.? No, I'll be right out. And you hear kind of a, a scuffling in the room. Um, something kind of heavy falls to the ground and then, oh shit. And then you uh, hear a little bit more scuffling and then the door opens. Before the door opens, there. I will give the marshal a strange look. Like a questioning look. I will pick up on that <laughs> look. <laughs> that made me happy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Although I suspect for different reasons, but okay. So you guys call over. Uh, um, Robert Tyson did offer up giving you guys a ride there. You don't need to take that offer up if you're wanting to explore on your way there, or you can definitely call for a. A ride on the sweet golf cart. How how long would it be from where we are to where we're going? Uh, if we're walking? Yeah, I mean, probably 15 minute walk. I'm definitely calling for the mm, golf cart. Okay. Well, uh, hold on, Mr. Neal. Yeah, looking for all sorts of efficiencies. Wouldn't it be good to see with your own eyes what these halls have to say? That's a rather good point, Marshall. Don't generally look around on the ground. You know, I could probably... I could probably uh, go for a walk, stretch my legs a little bit. Wonderful. 
That's a that's a mighty fine uh, outfit you got there, Miss. Um, what's that? What's that from? Which what, what you got on there? Uh, this is a pantsuit. Uh, I don't know who made it. They just gave it to me when I boarded the uh, the shuttle. That's, that's a, that's a lovely, lovely pantsuit. Um, is, is she carrying a purse? Uh, no. No. Right. What do you look like, Marshall? What are you wearing? Pardon? What am I wearing? I am wearing my um, my street uniform. It is um, a somewhat blend of civilian attire with a military uh, feel. It's it's um, useful. It's unobtrusive. It gets the job done without being as itchy as formal gotcha. would be. I'm definitely wearing a suit. What about you? Black shirt, black suit, black pants, black shoes, red tie. And I got like a pompadour haircut. Cool. Yeah, black shirt and a red tie. All right, that's... that's, that's Um, Before we leave, I will top up your glass of scotch. Oh, lovely. One for the road. Oh, it's So you said that we slept for about an hour? Yeah. Oh no! I thought we I thought we had like a night of, of rest of sleep, and then it's, it's been an hour since then. Uh, no, sorry, this was just the nap. This was basically just a oh, it's right, probably right, about right. twelve thirty or something like that um, in the afternoon. Okay. So it hasn't been a full day yet. Well, shall we? Yes, maybe we can find something to uh, to eat around here too. I'm quite famished. Mm-hmm. Some lunch would be nice. Okay, so you guys. Uh, take off down the hallway um, out of your apartment's quarters. Um, You know, I probably overestimated when I said that it was going to be a 15-minute walk because you guys are in the administrative building, which is where Kingsley probably is meeting with the accountants. Um, So it's actually probably not a very far walk at all. Uh, The administrative building is going to be housing, um, obviously, all the administrative tasks. It's going to have, like, uh, uh, the accounting department, basically liaisons, kind of organizing the work sites and... Um, who's on leave, off leave, and new hires, and all that good stuff, right? Um, Does it look like a, like a regular office from what we'd expect? Yeah, it's probably, I mean, as far as your experience on uh, outer planetary uh, colonies, uh, this is pretty run-of-the-mill. Um, maybe a little bit more advanced than some of the other ones, simply because it's been recently refurbished with uh, Richter Dynamics in the last 20 years. Um so as far as if you guys wanted to get lunch or, or, or do a bit of exploratory uh, walking around, um, you'd probably have to leave the administrative wing um, and, and take off. I mean, there's a couple other wings that you've seen on your way here. Um, most specifically, uh, the ones like being like the maintenance sector, um, the minor housing, the penal sector. Uh, so the, obviously the convicts are kept separate. Um, in the minor housing, uh, the free miners, they do have uh, like a, a bar and a restaurant um, sort of deal, uh, like kind of an entertainment uh, complex. Um, so you'd probably have to take off down there if you wanted to get something to eat before meeting with uh, with Kingsley. But um, unless you're wanting to do something really specific that's kind of pertinent to the story, we can kind of hand wave any sort of long-winded conversations. Mr. Neal, you're, uh, you're the, the ranking officer here so to speak right if uh if this conversation goes well or, or really badly we can uh 
stop for food after, or should we eat now? What happens if things get exciting? Should we take off right away, or will there be time later? What do you mean by exciting, Marshall? <laughs> what did you to do? Oh, I have, I have no idea, but how often did people die up here? That's, that's what I mean by exciting. Sometimes it's nice to chat after we, we meet with someone in a suit. I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah, we should probably get some food first. Um, I think the missus here is probably hungry, and uh, maybe we'll be a little more amicable after having something to eat. And checking out the free miners quarters, let's see the state of what we have going on here before Kingsley would uh, instill any ideas into my head as how this company is running it. So yeah, we'll go eat first and go talk to Kingsley after. Sure. Yeah, so uh, making your way down to the the miners complex, um, there's kind of the entertainment district. Uh, most specifically, it's got like a couple restaurants and, and bars, um, like the Claim Jumper and Jack's Play uh, and that sort of thing. Um, pretty easy for you guys to get a spot, uh, sit down for some lunch. There's a few other um, off-duty free miners that are there. Uh Pretty empty, though, as far as um, the availability of tables and seats. There's maybe only other, uh, you know, like one other party there of about three miners. Um, and they seem to be sitting pretty close together uh, and kind of speaking in, in hushed voices. Uh, and when you do enter, they kind of all kind of turn around and look over their mugs of beer at you. And then they kind of lean back into each other and you can kind of hear them having hushed voices again. And do you think they, are they looking at us, or are they just looking at any bodies that walk into the room? Well, they certainly eyed you guys up, and they've gone back to their conversation at this point. Uh, I will hand um, the uh, marshal <laughs> some credits. So here, go get yourself some lady and some lunch. Uh, the lady and you sell some lunch. I'm going to go talk to these uh, peons or plebs or slag workers, you know. See how they're doing and faring out here. All right, I, I will look at his hand and I will walk. <laughs> Suit yourself. It's a company card. <laughs> yeah, I put the card back into my pocket. No, approach the the table of beer drinking miners. Yeah, they're kind of in like the middle of a conversation when you walk up. Um, they all kind of stop and then take a look at you like. What do you want? Uh, hello, boys. I'm here from Richter. Can you all tell me how uh, how things are going out here? Are you guys happy with your, your state of employment with Richter Dynamics? Uh, you from corporate? Yeah. Yes, I am. Oh, gee golly shucks. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's going great out here. Um... Does he seem a little off? I mean, this is a miner on a far reach of planet that okay. doesn't really see much action. It's it's kind of like uh, what you'd expect for people that have to work along alongside convicts. They're they're not the brightest gotcha. bunch. Um, can't help me, like so. I've got a meeting with Mister Kingsley right away, but I haven't met with him yet, and I kind of want to get the down low. Of what's going on on your level for the company? You think you could p provide me with some some insight as to how's it all going down? You know, what are the rumors on the the mining floors? 
If you'd like to make a uh, persuade or a fast talk roll, you can go oh, ahead. Oh, I definitely would. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go with a persuade. Um, that is a... Uh, sorry here. That is a pass. Okay. You're meeting with Mr. Kingsley? Oh, uh, you can tell he gets very nervous when you're talking about Kingsley. Ah, man, you know, I guess it is good they've got someone from corporate down here, because, I mean, things haven't been going too well lately. Uh, our crews aren't really operating at full capacity, if you know what I mean. We're always, we're always short a couple guys every shift, and... I mean, I don't want to say too much. Where are these guys at? Sorry, I didn't catch your name. Uh, Hendrix. You can call me Hendrix. Nice to meet you, Hendrix. You, you call me Neil. Nice to meet you, Mr. Neil. Um, I won't shake his hand. I'll brush it, my hand off. Uh, he then goes to pretend to pick up his beard. <laughs> um, do you know what's happening? <laughs> To these uh these miners who are calling on shift sick because we both know Hendrix that that's unacceptable. Of course it's unacceptable. I've shown up every day. Yeah, I I'm out there every shift that I need to. Look, I don't want no trouble, and and I've got some friends that, I mean, they just haven't shown up for their shifts out here, and. I got mouths to feed back on Earth, man. I send credits home every month. I can't have those mo that money and not make it to them. Uh, could you give me a list of your friends that seem to have not shown up? Well, there was uh, Jeffrey. Uh, and then he kind of looks to the other guys. And who was that other, the, the young guy? Uh, he was over in the con uh, convict colony. Um, uh, Eric, yeah. It was Eric. Um, and some of the other guys maybe list off another uh, name or two. Um, but you notice that, like, they kind of start arguing amongst themselves on some of the names. Like, no, no, Jimmy went home. He's just back on Earth. Like, he, he, he didn't disappear. He, his time was done. He was here for six years. Uh, all right, all right. Um, I will thank Hendrix. Thank you for your time. Uh, We'll try to remedy the state of things right away. I don't want you or your family to suffer because of the state of the employer here. Yeah, and certainly if you're talking to Kingsley, uh, put in a good word for a fella. Oh, you, you betcha, Hendrix. You betcha. Um, and I'll stand up and straighten my suit and grab my drink and walk away. Okay. Um, I'll return to the marshal and the doctor. Yeah. Um... I'd imagine you guys have a pretty, pretty mediocre lunch. A lot of the food here is having to be either uh, um, freeze dried and brought out here, or they have maybe like a small hydroponics section um, with like UV light. So there's maybe some like super genetically modified tomatoes and shit like that. Uh, <laughs> but for the most part, your your uh, your luncheon um, goes without issue, uh, unless there's something else you guys like to address. Um, we can maybe kind of montage to uh your meeting with kingsley unless you had uh uh something else on your agenda uh the only thing i would say is i would inform the marshal of uh employees jeffrey and eric <laughs> um 
I'm assuming we can. Very white suburban <laughs> <laughs> names. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get their convict numbers or employee numbers, but I'm sure we can find them in the library section. Uh, both of them have been showing up sick of recent on a few shifts, and I think it's something that we should, you should look into, particularly Marshall. They show mm-hmm. up sick. And that goes back to my drop in productivity. But the, the Hendricks individual over there didn't seem too down on it, but he's very concerned about many missing people on the cruise. Um, and his fellow friends there said the same thing. Um, they ensued to argue. I'm assuming they'd have too many beers. But, uh, now, are, are they all sick or are they missing? What's the uh, difference here? They was not decisive. Uh, yeah. Not decisive. Doctor, have you uh, have you noticed any any sicknesses around here from what you've seen yet? I'm sorry. Are you asking me if I've tested every one of these patient or these people? To see oh, if they're sick. Hardly. You've you've been here the whole been with us the whole time. But have you seen any anything with your your doctor eyes? No, I haven't seen anything. Okay. I mean, those are the those are the first few people I've seen, besides Robert. Okay. Uh, that being said, we'll maybe kind of montage this scene. Um, you guys are finished your lunch. Uh, maybe some of you are feeling a little bit more rejuvenated after your uncomfortable sleep. Um, that kind of crimson orb is, seems to be still burning at the back of your mind um, as you approach the elevator that will bring you up to the upper level of the administrative building. Um As the doors open, uh, it kind of brings you into a central reception area, and there's several hallways kind of going down in in various different directions. Um, This reception area is is quite a high end. They've got lots of kind of like sleek furniture. It's like a waiting room. You can definitely tell this is like the executive level of the facility here. Definitely higher end stuff than you've been seeing elsewhere. Um, Behind a desk is a... uh, woman in her maybe uh early 40s um she's a little plump but she's got uh, brown hair with kind of streaked gray and it's up in a tight fashionable bob um and she's kind of sitting behind the desk she's clearly the the receptionist here but standing at the desk uh is um officer tyson Uh, and he's kind of leaning on it and like he's clearly got his temp head security uh patch like pointing right at her and he's kind of twirling his night baton um he's just like yep yeah they had us today picking up some of them corporate execs here from ganymede yep just part of the job here and he's clearly just like pandering like just loving the attention um and the receptionist is just typing on her computer like just words bouncing off her head she doesn't even pay any attention to him (laughs) Tyson, do we pay you to panda? Ah, oh, Mr. Owens, um, you were supposed to ring me. Uh, no, you don't, but not pandering, um, working. Um, I believe as head of security, temporary head of security, pandering is not in here. I'll ask you to step away from the lady and allow her work to continue, and I'll look at the lady and wink. <laughs> She gives you a pretty cordial uh, nod back um, and returns to her computer. Uh, Tyson backs up and he's like, well, uh, you'll be meeting with Kingsley then and I will let um, you with uh, Stacy here um, 
get to it then. I'll be doing my duties, I suppose. Uh, and he walks to the elevator uh, quite awkwardly past you guys. Um, so, so we have to follow him to the elevator to go? No, he's leaving. Okay. He gestured to you to speak to Stacy, who's the receptionist. Gotcha. Um, so, Stacy, which office is Mr. Kingsley's? Uh, well, I can page him for you. I, I, he is expecting you. Um, let me get him here. And he, she goes to reach for the kind of like the conference call buttons, and she goes to push uh, one button, and then she pulls her hand back and then pushes another button. She's like, ah, I'm not used to his new office. Hits that button. She kind of picks up the phone. Yes, they're outside for you. I know, they just showed up unannounced. I know, they were supposed to meet with Tyson about what time they were supposed to be coming, but they didn't. They're here now. Well, they're here now, so... Okay. Right this way. And she gets up out of her chair, which she has clearly, like, really gotten comfortable in. Um, so a few groans and kind of wiggles to get out of it. Uh, and leads you down one of the hallways. Um... You get to uh, the door, and it's got no nameplate on it. It actually says, like, conference room on it. Um, and she opens up the, the door uh, and kind of gestures you all inside. And inside is a big board table, and in the middle of it is kind of a temporary setup for Kingsley. Um, he's kind of got, like, a, a computer terminal and like, the middle, and papers kind of spread out everywhere. Um, he's kind of just commandeered the boardroom. Um Kingsley himself is a uh, pretty squat man, fairly heavy set. Uh, he's got like a pretty big beard that's mostly red with streaks of gray going through it. He's wearing a Hawaiian, like bright colored uh, flower t-shirt. He's got a cap on. Kind of looks like <laughs> you right now, Dylan. <laughs> it's a good look. I was, I was like describing it, and then I looked at you, and I'm just like, whoa, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh he's got like khaki shorts on and like kind of this this trucker this trucker hat uh <laughs> and he's like sitting at his computer and he basically sees you come sees you come in he stands up turns around goes to uh a little um kind of mobile bar setup uh he grabs some whiskey and uh he basically says my friend so glad you could make it uh, let me, let me get you a, let me get you a drink. Um, this is the good stuff. The stuff they've got back on earth. Not that watered down shit you get out here in the, uh, in the edge of space here. It's, it's the good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kingsley. It's all right that I call the Kings. Absolutely, my friend. Sit down. Have a seat. I'm not going to sit down. I'm going to start walking the room and seeing what I can see. Sure. Um, for the most part, it, it's a pretty, uh, what you'd expect for a conference room. Um, it's a really long boardroom table. There's probably like eight chairs on each side. Uh, there's some filing cabinets on the walls. Um, maybe one end's kind of got like a projector or like flat screen TV set up to like display, um, notes and, you know, productivity rates and things like that. It's currently turned off. Um, there's probably a, several windows behind Kingsley that show uh, Lygia Mare in its absolute fullest. Um, this, I, I'd almost imagine it's like the size of Great Lakes. Like it's, it's this big liquid methane lake. Um, and it's kind of got waves crashing through it as the 
winds pick it up and that sort of thing. And, and Kingsley's got his desk set up like right behind it. Um, yeah. Um, so first things first, Kingsley, cool. what do you know about this? Uh, uh, was it Holzer? Dr. Holzer? Uh, you see uh, Dr. Lazarine kind of lean in a little bit more. She she had kind of uh, seen distance, but as soon as you said his name, she um, definitely see, perked up. The doctor it. here has a personal relationship. Maybe she can uh, get some inquiries going as to the state of his deceased state. <laughs> um, yeah, he basically, at this point, he's finished pouring drinks for all of you, and he slides them all across the table um, to each of you. He slides it to a chair for you, Sergeant, um, more or less trying to suggest you should sit in the chair while you're kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, hands behind your back, walking around, snooping around the room sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But he... Not not ominous, just aware that I'm walking. Yeah, yeah. He basically slides those drinks around, and he's... Well, yeah, certainly we can get into all the details, and I, of course, would like to. Um, as you may have noticed, I don't waste a lot of time on protocol. I'm interested in results, just like you are. I get it. Corporate sent you down here because we had a low month. But the fact is, a low month around here is just as good as a high month on most of those other colonies. And that business with Dr. Henry Holzer, well, as you all know, I, I can chalk that up to some deep space issues as you would know living out here in this low gravity and this far away from earth i mean stuff can just crop up gi issues uh, concerns about depression <laughs> the list goes on let me tell you and what's the gi gastrointestinal tract the gi yes gi gastrointestinal oh, oh, oh yeah 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 sorry <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um and, of course, you have to know, and he kind of covers his mouth to not direct this directly at Dr. Lazarine, but clearly you hear him as well. He's like, a lot of these colony doctors, they're a, li- a lot like old Western doctors or ship's doctors. Running from malpractice, lawsuit, something like that. Maybe he got wind of something catching up to him. I don't know. That said... The miners here have bonus checks in their pro- in their pockets to prove that we are still one of the most profitable mining colonies since I have taken over as administrator. And that was just a year ago. So since I know you probably can't wait to get your butt off this windy, God forbid, nice ball, what do you need from me to get you back in your comfy offices as soon as possible? When I called your office... Over a month ago, trying to find out more info on my dear old Hank, you, uh, your people gave me the runaround. They were not telling me everything. I just know it. They said he had, that Hank had committed suicide, but wouldn't give me any details as to why he committed suicide, or where, or how, or why, or when. Well, I'm sorry, but perhaps you're going a little screwy here, too, because his name's Dr. Henry Holzer. Yes. I call him Hank. I bet you do. <laughs> um, look here, Dr. Lazarine. Um, he was our colony doctor. He was the onboard medical officer. And he died. Who is going to be performing the autopsy on him? Who? 
Well, that's why I'm here. Exactly. So if you need access to his body, he is in cold storage in the medical center. Have all the time you need to look at him. I will certainly, uh, of course, you've got your passes on. It will get you there as lickety split as you can walk or ride that ride that golf cart. Now, I tell you, we don't necessarily know what happened to Mr. Dr. Holzer. But like I said, it could have been a whole host of issues. We found him in his apartment and he was dead. Not much more to say than that. All right. How was he All dead? Right. How is he dead? How is a bird dead? How is a fox dead? How is a bear dead in the woods? I mean, looking at them, you can't know. No marks? No struggle? I personally didn't examine the body. I'm sure that there are records in place of the people that have found them. Uh, Your passes should get you access to all the information. I want to be as helpful to you as possible. Um... Who was it? Uh, yes, um, Montrose, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a bit of experience in medicine from his time at the academy. Um, I believe he did look at the body. And we can go see Montrose. I see no reason why not to. Uh, we were under the impression from your uh, new uh, head of security that that was less available than in the past. Look, I've got... Plenty of pressing matters on my plate, most of them dealing with corporate riding down my ass about these production rates, and I'm doing everything you've I can got, to get those numbers up. I got You've got corporate riding down your ass, but I'm just going to lean onto the table and just like clink his gun onto the side, and you've got a dead body in your uh, midst, and I mean, if you're the administrator, that responsibility ultimately falls to you, so why don't you tell us something useful before... We get asking more questions. Yeah, nice. Okay, I, I, if you want to make an intimidate roll. I do. I'm looking at that number. I'm like, I want it. Oh. <laughs> I want it. Uh, how does this work? What's a, what's a triple zero? Is that a 100 or a zero? A triple zero, I believe, is a 100. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, so that's a fumble. And I almost want to say, does your gun go off? Like, you clink it on the table and, like... Well, I mean, if I'm if I'm clinking it on the table, I mean, imagine the safety's still on unless there's something. Yeah. Super okay. Maybe the gun going bad. off is too bad, but it slips out of its uh, grip. Like it comes out yep. and it like clamps onto the table and kind of like it doesn't look threatening at all. It just kind of looks like your yep. belly's a little too big and you don't know which yeah, way yeah, it's yeah. swinging. Um, <clears throat> so it it just gonna, totally gonna, falls flat. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, Maintain that look, and just kind of, while he's he's looking, I mean, I'm just going to reach down on the table, just pick up the gun, put it back in its holster, I'm just going <laughs> to nice. pick up my drink and just... Yeah. Kingsley, uh, <laughs> he, he kind of capitalizes on that, feeling like he's got, you know, he's got you on the ropes, he doesn't need to feel intimidated by you. Look, I know that you need to come here to investigate a body. Just like a park ranger needs to go investigate a dead bear that showed up in someone's yard. But simple matter of the fact is the bear just died in that person's yard. Now, let me tell you, there are immortal souls. Immortal souls. I'm immortal. You are immortal. And these are the end of days, and we will all ascend. We will ascend through the gate. Now, I'm sure that this... 
horrible, horrible act that fell upon Dr. Henry Holzer will not be the end of his soul, for we are all immortal under the church of God. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and you see uh, Dr. Lazarine roller eyes. <laughs> Let's try to keep corporate and God as two separate things here at Kingsley, please. Uh, <clears throat> and you actually feel like he maybe snaps out of it a bit, realizing he maybe overstepped uh, what he was saying. Yeah, certainly, corporate um, levels. I'm sure you're going to want to see all of our uh, production levels and, 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 and uh, financial records. Um, I can have those uh, brought to your tablet um, through the uh, uh, airdrop, no problem. Perfect, thank you, Kingsley. I would also like to schedule a personal meeting with you um, as soon as proper tomorrow morning. Certainly, like I said, very busy man. Um, very few minutes to spare, but perhaps, uh, perhaps I can make a, a small adjustment in my schedule tomorrow morning. I suggest you do, Kingsley. Um, and I'll uh, take his glass and the scotch he poured me, and I'll stand up and prepare myself to walk out of the room. Is there anything else you two would like to discuss here? And I'll look at uh, Doctor Lazarus and the marshal. Uh, Doctor Lazarine just quietly stands up, just eyeing uh, James. And then walks out. And she uh, didn't touch her drink. Okay. <clears throat> Sergeant Cavill's gonna just like, well, <clears throat> just his belts, trying to make up for his slip and just leave the room with a bit more brisk than he normally would walk. Right. So, no. as you guys are leaving, um, Sergeant Caldwell, I, I'd imagine maybe you're the last to leave because you were kind of, you didn't sit down, you were walking around. Um, as you go to leave, he kind of grasps your arm and pulls you in for like maybe a, a kind of a manly embrace but as he pulls you in he whispers in your ear these are the true words from the prophet's lips the apocalypse is coming you should come to church services tomorrow afternoon be there at the interfaith chapel and then he sends you out your way Just a did i hear that uh make a listen check Ooh, i get a roll dice <laughs> uh Pull up my my lesson here. I don't know how I developed the Colonel accent, but it just happened. No, roll with it. <laughs> roll with it. Listen. Yeah, I'm sure all my accents just—they're all very southern, apparently. Um, I failed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just as you kind of maybe lean in to try and capture an earshot, uh, Stacy at the reception picks up the phone. Mr. Kingsley is not available. <laughs> Hold just a minute. Hold yeah. just a minute. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you've ruined that visual forever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh, illuminating. Do you uh, do you know of a lot of a lot of Hmm. Faith individuals on this uh, place there, Mr. Neal? Um, I am personally not a man of faith, but I find it very interesting that he seemed to feel the need to bring it up during a conference meeting of such importance. We just arrived, and mm. it's a bit unnerving, Marshall. It's a bit unnerving. Um, Dr. Lazarine, are you prepared to do an autopsy on a former lover? Because I know I couldn't do that. Of course I am. Of course I am. I need to get to the bottom of why 
Henry, or Hank, as I like to call him, died. Um, uh, Dr. Lazarine, I'd like for you to make a listen check. Okay. That's a fail. Okay. Um, so while Neil was kind of trying to catch earshot of what uh, Kingsley had in, whispered in um, Sergeant Caldwell's ear, you're kind of already out in the hallway. Uh, and you're not really sure where you're hearing this from. It's definitely not from the conference room. But, I mean, this is a long hallway. There's plenty of doors uh, and things like that. Um, there's no one else in it except for you guys and Stacy, who's at, like, the end of the hall, maybe 30 feet away. Um, but you hear this, like, clicking noise. Um, kind of like this indistinct clicking, uh, maybe almost cricket-like, but a little bit deeper. Like, And it kind of comes and goes for a little bit. And then it's kind of mixed in with the ambient sounds of like the AC and uh, like people talking and Stacy on the phone and that sort of thing. And then by the time you guys are in this conversation, you, you've lost it and you can't hear it anymore. I, I won't mention it. I, I think it's probably just maybe the AC kicking in or, or uh, something like that. Okay. Where do you guys want to go? Well, I, for one, need to go and uh, check out Henry's office. Is that, uh, where is that? that oh, I guess it's my office. Is that anywhere near, uh, uh, Mr. Montrose's office? Can we, can we figure that out? Uh, yeah, you know, there, hmm, it probably would make sense. I, I'd imagine that the kind of security maintenance section does also house the, the medical, uh, complex. Um, it's not a very big complex, so you can probably all get that done in one shot. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. Um, wouldn't mind checking on my old friend if I could. Um, ladies' choice, you want to go see Mr. Hank's office first, or can I go chat with, uh, David? Well, I'm sure we can do both. We're both headed the same direction. Should we call Bobby? Please, yes. Yes. Mr. Neal, could you, uh, call young Robert? Oh, 100%. I'll, uh, pull do we have, like, little radios, like little beacons? Uh, no, probably not. Like Are there, a like, a wall comp? Yeah, there's probably wall comms in certain areas, and then obviously, like Stacy could get him up there, lickety split. Um, okay. And and yeah, within a short while, uh, he's back at the top of the elevator. Um, you guys had a bit of time to kind of refresh yourselves in the kind of bespoke lounging area of of the upper administration building. Um, and within a short period of time, uh, Robert's got you back loaded on that uh, electric bus, and he's he's driving you back down to the the maintenance sector. Um, which uh, <clears throat> is his wheelhouse. So he's pretty cocky driving this thing down there. Uh, he brings you into the kind of the, the front bay area, which uh, houses like the actual security complex. Um, there's like a bank of monitors, um, like a five by five section of monitors. Um, currently the uh, it's being occupied by maybe just like one security officer. Um, as he's rolling up, he's basically saying like, uh, yeah, you know, security hasn't been too tough around here these days. Every year there's less and less convicts working here, and, uh, well, I mean, to be honest, we don't really need to carry much anymore, and he's just, like, talking off his ass, doesn't really care if you guys are listening. We really only need these nightsticks. Hell, I sure wish that I'd be able to use some of those shotguns they got back in that riot office, but, uh, man, those have been locked up for, like, well, at least the whole time that I've been here, that's for sure. Um... 
Yeah, yeah, every once in a while we have to deal with some drunk that can't hold his liquor down at uh, uh, one of the clubs back in the entertainment complex. But uh, for the most part, eh, it doesn't. You just quick bat of the nightstick against some of the metal metal poles around here, and that'll shake him up enough. And he just keeps talking, like. <laughs> and then finally, you guys kind of make it to the end of the hallway, and uh, maybe some of you guys are like eager to get out of. <laughs> His his area because he just he just keeps talking. I'll uh, I'll make a note on one of my maybe I even have like a little flip notepad that I carry sure, with me. Yeah. <laughs> Liquidate shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna ask uh, Robert. Um, the shotguns are locked up tight. Uh, who's got the keys to that? He like has one of those key rings that's on like a quick zip. It's like <laughs> comes mm-hmm. off his belt and it like zips up and then he like lets go and it like, comes clattering back to his waist. Gotcha. Well, ever since I've been head of security temporarily, uh, I've got the keys to the whole joint. Good to know. Uh, one last clip question there. Um, where Where is the, the riot office compared to everything else? And oh, just a uh, just a uh, passing fancy. Where's the uh, interfaith chaplain room? Uh, yeah. So the riot office. Well, if you go down the hallway, two doors on the left. Uh, that's through there. Um, you had mentioned you wanted to speak to Montrose. His quarters. Well, there with the rest of our quarters on the second floor. I, I, I can personally bring you there. He will definitely. He will need uh, a bit of a preface. Um, before we. Anyways, that's a whole nother story. Uh, Interfaith, well, that's back in the mining colony, um, uh, or the the mining complex, the free miners complex. Um, I can't imagine why you'd bother to go there. It's just nut jobs and nutcases that go out there. You see, oh, I I agree. Like, I have no need to go there. But you know, sometimes people kill people and then hide out in the church. I mean, it's an old trope. I'm sure you understand as it has security. This is something you've checked out thoroughly, I'm sure. Absolutely. One of the big things out here is, I mean, as you would know, Sergeant, in deep space, people get a little nutty about their god complexes. It seems like every other few months we've got some new religion popping up. Um, Dr. Lazarine, you would know that it's it's pretty common to have... uh, religious kind of sex develop um in deep space kind of like it's uh, it's been st- was that an yeah. s-e-c-t or s-e-x s-e-c-t-s <laughs> um but it is it's been studied a bit that there's like for some reason people being in deep space they develop more of a, a faith-based reason to be with uh, god but it kind of crops up in different in different ways so it's not unheard of that there's religion out here in various ways um yeah yeah and he describes to you guys the location of the medical bay and that sort of stuff and i mean it's all probably labeled and things like that there's uh little plaques at the entrance of every hallway and every door that kind of signals where you guys are um before robert leaves um just want to ask robert uh do you know if henry holds everyone to the uh the uh, interfaith church Sorry, say that one more time. Do you know if Henry Holzer ever went to the Interfaith Church? Um, you know, I I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I don't. I, I I'm sorry. It's just there's there's a lot of miners here. There's a lot of staff. Can't keep track of everybody. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Are you planning on going to this interfaith church, Sergeant? I personally don't go. Um, I know some of the security officers, they do uh, work with Kingsley there, but, uh, well, they're off Robert, duty. Robert, I was speaking to the sergeant. They're both sergeants. Are they both sergeants? Well, uh, temporary sergeant, I suppose you could say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, sorry, just to clear this up. So you're Marshal or Sergeant Caldwell? I am Sergeant Richard Caldwell, but my occupation is Colonial Marshal. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. You can cut that. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I was going to ask the Marshal if you were attending the inter-space sect. God. Whoa. Church. <laughs> attending, maybe. Watching, probably. But you say this isn't uncommon? Who's you? Me? Uh, uh, yeah. Dr. Lazarine, I would assume. Oh, no, it's, well, it's, it's known to, uh, to be something that people cling to. The, uh, space doesn't affect, uh, people's brains very well. They, they'll find any way to be closer to God. Do you think it would affect, uh, morale, Dr. Lazarine? Almost certainly. That's another reason why the, the faith is, all these faiths and churches are, spring up. Maybe I'll check in with Hendrix then. Oh. Shall we carry on to uh, EO Friends, Marshall? We're going to the Friends first? We can do sure. that. Yep, whichever is closest. Yeah, they're probably, I mean, not that far apart from each other. And uh, mm -hmm. um, even if they are, it's much more than a few minutes walk through uh, this yeah. sector. Um, yeah, if you don't mind, I think, uh, I think I might deal better with my old friend than you might with a deceased friend. Just... Me that out of courtesy, of course. So you guys want to split up here? Uh, yeah, I think Dr. Lazarin would probably excuse herself mm -hmm. and go to uh, Henry's office. Okay, and so who does Neil Owens want to follow? Uh, he would definitely go with the marshal. He has no interest in um, the deceased. <laughs> and not much to learn there. That's fair. Clearly he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Doctor, you, uh, you take all the time you need. Uh, roughly... How long will you will you be be there? I'd like to I'd like to exhume the body as well, if if at all possible, if you don't mind. Well, when you're done, just come to the office and we'll we'll go look at the uh, the body after. Of course. Okay, so we'll start off with you, uh, Doctor Lazarine. Um, you branch off from the main group. Uh, you head towards the medical center. Uh, it's relatively small. Um, it's a bit of a cramped area, like there's, uh, more equipment than room. Uh, it's quite befitting what you'd maybe expect for a penal origin, uh, medical center. Uh, there's like a single examination room, uh, a small kind of computerized office, um, a supply closet that's got like a refrigerated section, uh, a surgical suite and like a, a recovery room for like, uh, recovering patients that has about five beds or so, um. There's also a cold storage morgue that's got about, like, maybe nine beds in it. Um, and right adjacent to this kind of medical center is the actual doctor's apartment. Uh, so this medical center is mostly prepared to handle common injuries. It's able to be handling, like, some major surgeries. It's hoped that this would be 
covering like all workplace injuries, but um, there's definitely some times where they would have to like hightail someone back to Ganymede for a more uh, in-depth procedure. But for the most part, you've got like all the tools here to pretty much perform most surgeries uh, and medical endeavors. Um, so I'm not sure where you want to go first, the kind of the examination area or, or into his actual apartment, which is now your apartment. Yeah, uh, I think I'd probably just uh, maybe go to the desk and sit down and look at the computer, um, kind of look to see what kind of files he has on the on the desk. Mm -hmm. um, um, so most of the files, maybe like it's all maybe been cleaned up like uh, someone. I mean, there's nothing out in the open. Uh, the computer, this terminal is kind of connected with the actual examination room and it's pretty easy to hop on. Uh, there's, um, maybe a password that you've been briefed for is like the system password. Uh, so you're able to get into the computer system pretty easily. Um, mm -hmm. maybe if you want to make either, uh, like a computer ruse, computer use or a medicine role, um, to kind of sift through, uh, some of these documents and that sort of thing, whichever one. Yeah. I'll use computer okay. use. Uh, Ooh, I rolled a 41 and my computer use is 40. Yeah. I might, I might push this. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of what a possible repercussion would be. Maybe it's just the amount of time it takes you to go through this. Uh, if you push this, it's, it's not going to be a short endeavor. Maybe some of the files are like corrupt and that sort of thing. And it's just taking you a lot longer. Like instead of being hopping on for 30 minutes and kind of quickly looking through the, the system, maybe it needs like updates and it's freezing and needs to be rebooted and all these things. So it turns into being like a four hour endeavor. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll push it. I rolled a five. Oof. Nice. Critical. Okay. Uh, so right away, uh, the first thing you kind of am able to bring up is um, the medical center's inventory. Uh, so it's kind of showcasing all of the medicines you have in, um, uh, all disposables and kind of uh, single-use stuff. Uh, you're looking through these and you see that some of the morphine inventory isn't quite adding up. Um, there's been an attempt in some of the documents to make it look like they've added up. Like maybe in some of the documents, there's like uh, like handwritten notes on top of like computer printed paper that's like trying to modify some of the inventory or something like that. Um, but there's definitely mm -hmm. something wonky going on with a pretty significant quantity of morphine that's missing. Um, and clearly someone's come in and tried to modify it. Uh, on top of that, you're able to find the medical records for uh, Dr. Henry Holzer um, or Hank, as you know him. Um, and the kind of post-mortem autopsy is it's, it's pretty rudimentary and it's signed by Sergeant David Montrose. Um, it's, it's basically saying that, you know, he was found deceased at this time uh, about a month ago um, in his uh, bed chambers. Uh, upon discovery, he was found to have uh, bluish extremities, uh, suggesting uh, maybe death through asphyxiation of some sort. Um, no marks on neck to suggest that this was, a, um, you know, a murder of sorts. Uh, what else might it say? Um, Maybe it suggests that the, there was a fluid in his lungs from what he could discover. Um, 
why there was fluid in his lungs. He's not totally sure. Uh, it would be odd to suggest that he drowned, um, considering the place that they found him. Um, and you know what? You probably would know this last bit too. He he did make a small note on there being an injection mark in the bend of his left elbow. Okay. Um, so Dr. Lazzarino will, will print the medical record okay. off. Um, as well as that inventory, uh, kind of screw sure. up and just kind of fold them up and tuck them in her, into her pantsuit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Her like company issued pantsuit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's maybe like a, a really weird, gross material. Like it's not very comfortable to wear, but like rough corduroy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, some, I was thinking more like like a nylon or something. But, I don't know yeah. why that's the focus, but it certainly is. Um, yeah, as far as uh, um, the computer system and finding medical records, uh, everything else seems pretty as you would expect coming in. Um, you know, there's logs of previous injuries, work workers coming in with like sprained ankles or like you know colds and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and then one one more thing. I think I'd probably just go to the morgue mm-hmm. and just uh, locate which which uh, freezer or whatever that uh, Henry is in, and just gonna sit there and wait for the other other two. Sure. Okay. Yeah. No, you find that uh, he's probably the only body that's in there, um, and it's tagged and marked. Um, if you do peek inside, he's in a body bag, uh, so you'd have to actually pull the whole drawer out, unzip him, um, and that sort of thing. But uh, we'll spin over to the other two. Um, Officer Tyson is, um, he's escorting, but escorting is a pretty loose term. Uh, you guys are briskly walking there, and he's trying to keep up. Uh, <laughs> he brings you to Montrose's uh, apartment. And he kind of gestures towards a, there's like a computer panel outside of his apartment, much like all the other apartments here. And, uh, you know, he basically walks up to it and pushes uh, the communication button. And he basically is like, um, Sergeant, Sergeant Montrose, uh, we've got a, an old friend of yours here to see you. Um, uh, are you awake? I hope I didn't disturb you. I'm just gonna just uh, push him gently out of the way. Uh, he's his name. Yeah, yeah, he's right there. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Dave, I know you're there. I know you're awake because you're always awake. Come talk to me. There's silence for a while, and then you kind of hear a click over after a long silence. Who is it? You know who this is. My God, Caldwell, you old dog. How are you? Oh, better than you by the sounds of things. What have you got yourself into, Dave? Look, you can hear I'm like chug out of a bottle. I don't know what is going on at this place, but I gotta get out of here. But I can't because they're all in on it. Every single fucking one of them. Uh, I wouldn't expect Montrose to be paranoid, would I? No, this is all very out of character. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know I believe you. Uh, I've been here for three hours, and every single person is already a lunatic. Can we come in? Sit down? I've got a... We've got one of those buggy things that we can ride on out of here. As soon as I see this body, confirm it's suicide, and we can leave, and... I don't see why you can't come can't come with us. Yeah, that 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 junior of yours is pretty eager. Oh, that does sound great. Oh man, you're a, you're a voice that I've been wishing to hear. But then you kind of hear like some scuffling around, and you kind of maybe hear him shuffling, and you feel like he's talking to someone. He's like, "What? No, no, no! I'm not. I'm not a small, weak man." And you can almost hear like he's crying, and his voice is quivering. Mm-hmm. Get out of my head. Just get out of my head. All right. All right. Nobody's in your head, Dave. Let's... I'm going to open the door. I'm going to come in. I'm going to shake hands. No, no. And you you can hear him throw his body against the door. No one's coming in. If anybody's coming in, I bet they're going to take me through that fucking gate. Through that fucking gate. Yogg-Sothoth's going to take me through that gate. I know it. I know it. Mmm, that wouldn't happen to be anything but the same gate that, uh, Mr. Mr. Kingsley was mentioning, would it? They're all mentioning it, man. Everyone's mentioning it. You're mentioning it. Kingsley's mentioning it. Fucking Officer Tyson's mentioning it. You're all in on it. Is, is Tyson around for this? Yeah, he's right behind you listening. Yep. Okay, can I give him the side eye and just, uh, Beckon him to explain some things here. Uh, can we, can we like mute yeah. the yeah, panel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Tyson just looks at you and is like, "Told you." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll shake my pack of cigarettes and I'll offer one to Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably coming from you. Like maybe this is like a no smoking area, and he's just like does a double take, but. Gingerly takes it out, like, <laughs> I mean, if the boss is giving me a smoke, you take a smoke. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll ask uh, Marshall Caldwell, should we call the doctor for your friend here, Marshall? I think she's distracted enough where she is right now. Maybe after we uh, go chat with her in her room, she can come back and chat with us in ours. But uh, in the meantime... Uh, Bobby, can you uh, open this door, please? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. This whole temporary head security thing, it's a bit of a sham. Um, he's still got the head ID pass. Um, he's the only one that can reprogram it. Uh, and he's locked it from the inside. So... Unfortunately, unless you're going to be breaking that door down, he's locked himself in pretty good. Alright, um, so these, uh, passes get us anywhere, right? Except for this room, or is it other rooms that we can't get into? You can certainly try your pass. Sure, I'll try my, my pass on the door. And, like, it flashes red as, like, denied. Mm-hmm. And then immediately mm-hmm. Montrose comes over the intercom, so he can, like, put his voice out to you, but, like... Unless you're putting your voice back to him, he can't hear you. So yeah. he brings his voice out. What's that an ID swipe? What's that a fucking ID swipe? I've told you. No one's coming in here. I tell you what. Get me another bottle. 
and you'll at least have another five fucking minutes with me before I finish that and I go to sleep. Mr. Neil, how much booze do you have left on you? Uh, not an entire bottle, sir. Uh, can we give Stacy a call and get her to bring us down one? Actually, you know what? I'll just go ahead and do that. And I'll push on maybe the next apartment. Is there another apartment? In sure, there? yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I'll just use the other apartment intercom, punch in Stacy's number. Uh, Stacy, can you send some down here to security headquarters uh, with a, uh, a bottle of uh, whatever you can find? And then we need it immediately. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I can certainly put in the ticket request and have uh, uh, maintenance have that processed. I mean, it's going to have to go through the proper channels. Uh, and she makes this big, long, convoluted like paperwork and all these things. <laughs> sure enough, though, uh, your request goes through, and it is approved. I mean, you are a junior exec, so uh, <laughs> eventually um, one of the maintenance staff comes ripping down in uh, one of the kind of maybe a smaller golf cart meant for like personal travel. Uh, and he brings you a, a pretty mediocre, maybe like a bottle that they give to some of the convicts or something like that, maybe at one of the restaurants on the miners' side. Um, nothing mm-hmm. special, but uh, hands it over to you guys and takes off the other direction. Maybe 10, cool. 15 minutes takes for that to all kind of take by. Before he leaves, I will uh, transfer him some credits. Sure. He, yeah, just like as a tip. Yeah, tips his cap to you, and he's got a little bit more money to send home to the family. <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, Neil, uh, can I have the bottle? And could I get you guys to, I don't know, scooch about ten, fifteen feet down the hall? I'm not trying to push you out of this, but I just have a feeling I'll be able to talk with him better alone than with you two around. You might want to take young Bob here and tell him some stories about whatever. Yeah. Um. I'll actually. I'll give you the bottle. And Neil is just going to go wander around. He's like, ah, I'm feeling some restless legs here. All this has got my my head is spinning, a little stressed. I'm going to go for a walk. You guys. Josh, you still there? Had a little situation. Yeah. Okay, yeah I know your screen went orange, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Okay, so you've got the bottle in All your right. hand. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, All right. I'm, I'm not going to push on the intercom. I'm not going to swipe anything. I'm just going to, like, lean up my head up against the um the the door and just kind of clink okay got it right here can, <laughs> yeah. can I do this without going to clink the yeah. bottle against the door and just, I'm not going to stop I'm not, not going to break it I'm just going to keep going yeah. for a couple minutes okay uh you hear some shuffling on the other side of the door and specifically like empty bottles being shuffled around on the ground mm-hmm. like he's clearly had a few of these bottles brought uh brought to him um after a little bit of this the door clicks open a little bit, but it's kind of got one of those uh, like hotel latches where it can only go about four inches. Um, and then mm-hmm. you just kind of see this hand, this pretty gaunt, skinny hand come out, uh, not resembling the hand you've really come to know as uh, your good friend Montrose. Uh, it looks like he's almost withering away a bit. Um and it's quite dirty. And when the door opens, like the smell from his room, it basically smells like someone yep. who hasn't showered in a month has been living in there. Yep. Um, and the hand kind of comes out, tries to reach and claw for the, the bottle. Yeah. I'm going to let him hold onto the bottle and I'm going to let him pull it off just into the bottles between the doors, but not let okay. go. Yeah. What's this? So that if, if, what are you doing? This is the booze. I said, you said if I bring you a bottle, we could have five minutes. So I want 
five minutes before anything else. Yeah, well, a bottle in a door's not doing any good. I want the liquid in my mouth. Maybe a fist in the mouth. You don't start talking sense, Dave. You're better than this. What has happened? Look. Talk to me. There's no one around. It's just you and me. There's no voices. There's no gates. He, like... So are you not going to let go of the bottle if he tries to pull it more? Are you, like, gripping onto it so it's kind of halfway point? Yeah. I'm going to keep it between the doors. If he closes the door, it's going to break onto the bottle. Uh, Yeah. So he's holding onto it, too, and you guys both got a pretty tense grip on this. And he's like, look, Caldwell, I've been hearing voices these last few weeks. It's nonstop. The only thing that keeps him at bay is is the liquor. You gotta understand. I had no choice. And you can kind of hear he like turns his head the other way. He's like, shut up, shut up. Get out of my head. Well, you know how much I like those words, no choice. I don't like them at all. What, What didn't you have a choice about? Look, I had no choice to go to the bottle. It's the only thing that keeps the voices down. Please just, just let me have a drink, another sip. And then I'll tell you whatever I can. Do I believe him? Uh, make a psychology check. Oh, 40. No, so that's a fail. Do you want to try and push Oh, yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so just before you roll, <laughs> maybe... Yep. What could... Oh, that's right, yeah, this one actually matters. could yeah. be the possible bad... I want to uh, say maybe, like... Uh, yeah, well, maybe it just goes totally sideways. You push too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he tries to yank the bottle, tries to close the door... It, it it's possibly gonna just shut down all conversation if you if you yep. push it and fail. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I won't push it. Great. Okay. Um Yeah. Yeah, he keeps trying to take the bottle at this point and and he's mm-hmm. kinda stopped talking. Like you can he's got both hands on the yep. back of the bottle and it's gripping more. Mm-hmm. Come on. You promised, Godwell. You promised. I did. I did. And Dave could have easily taken the bottle from me, so take it. It's there, it's in your hand. Pull. Stop being a wuss. Show me what you like back in the day. I know you can you do can this. You can feel him reef on it. Like, he steps backwards and mm-hmm. pulls a reef. Um, I can yep. roll for it if you're going to hold on tight, and we can do an opposed strength check if you want. I, I'm not going to fight that hard. I'm going to fight enough for him to actually, like, push yeah. for it. But yeah, if he puts, like, a foot up against the door, like I'll, I'll let go. Okay. Let him fall on his yeah. ass. Yeah. Uh, and that's definitely what happens. He kind of goes flying backwards once you finally let go you hear him kind of mm-hmm. hit the ground and bottles kind of scatter everywhere yeah um i'm going to shove my foot into the kay. door I, I, are these automatic doors or is it like a normal door this, or what? uh it's a normal door if it opens like that and, and okay it might have yeah. motorized yeah. components to it but it can be open manually too mm-hmm. yeah okay so i'm gonna stick my foot in there and just let him flail for a kay. second let him yeah recover. so getting an eye into the room by putting your foot in there um, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like he's made a nest. It's like sheets and clothing everywhere, and there's bottles on the mm-hmm. bottles on the ground. It's like sticky with booze that is spilt everywhere. Uh, there's old trays of food that have been left rotting there, and that sort of thing. Um, and he's kind of spilled onto the ground. He's wearing like completely leisure gear, um, and it's all like stained with sweat and oil and 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 body body odor and that sort of thing. Uh, he hits the ground, but he goes straight to the neck of the bottle and like opens it and starts like just guzzling this thing down. Um, mm-hmm, he gets mm-hmm. about like a quarter of the way through before he takes his first breath, and then he brings it back yep. up for another swig, and then brings it back down like finally for. So through all of this, like other than the mess, like do I see anything strange? Uh, 
Yeah, probably without needing to make a spot hidden check. Um, you see that he's got a shotgun under one arm. Um, mm-hmm. It's been somewhat concealed because it's like he's laying on it while he's drinking, but you can see the butt kind of mm-hmm. coming out. Uh, sure. From behind him. Um, after he finishes that last swig, he is a, seems a bit more calm. And he's just like, look, I want to ask you, any funny dreams lately? Like, how lately? Let's say between... Like sensei? Arriving here and now. That's awfully specific. And yes. Look, I don't know what to tell you, but things all went pretty screwy once Waystation... Once Waystation fucked up. They uncovered something. Some of them are here now. And they can get in your head and make you do things. They screw with your head, and I bet they're already starting to screw with yours if you're having them dreams. It's all downhill from here, man. Why do you have a shotgun, Dave? There's nobody in there but you. It's a contingency plan. And he's kind of just like staring blankly into into the corner of the room. Is he like sitting on the floor? Yeah, the yeah he's just laying on the floor yeah. amongst like a heap of clothing mm-hmm. and debris. Can't you unlock this door now? You got what you wanted? We're still talking. Nothing's going to change. I ain't unlocking shit. I've told you this much and there's nothing... There's nothing saying you're not one of them. And you're just here to fuck with my head like they've been fucking with my head the whole time. What would we do if we were one of them? Where would we go? Pull You'd go through the gate. What are you afraid of? You'd be in the court. The gate? You'd be in the court of Azathoth. You'd be with them. Who's Azathoth? It's the end of times, man. It's the end. And as you're talking to him, he's like, the bottle's kind of slipping out of his hands. And you can just see he's like blankly staring into this corner. And he's gotten real quiet. And he just turns the shotgun around, puts it up to his chin. And then just before Dave locks eyes with you. And he's staring you right into your soul. And then there's a red mist. This is not what you... And there's a bang. And by the time the debris hits the ground... There's a headless corpse in front of you with brains and skull splattered across the room. There's about a quarter inch hole through the roof as a slug went through his skull. And I'm going to need you to make a sanity check on that one. Uh, that is a pass. 40, no, that is a fail. Okay. And I can't push sanity? Unfortunately, you cannot push no. sanity. No, uh, okay. So... You lose three sanity points. Okay. 45 to 42. Nope. There you go. Yeah. And so it begins. Yeah. Um, and do I have to keep track of the loss, or is that something I'm keeping doing? track of it. The only other person that's lost okay. is uh, Dr. Lazarine. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you lost one? Okay. Just one. All right. Um, at this point, I mean, it's if you want to get through the door, it's going to be pretty easy you've got all the time in the world to open mm-hmm. up the doors so if you want to get yep. in uh, yep. power tools and a whatever we'll get yeah in. so uh, mr neil i uh i assume you just saw that he's probably on the that. floor <laughs> like the bang just knocked him off his rocker what did oh, you do well, I, I wandered away remember yeah oh, oh sorry. i didn't know you yeah. were far far uh, away i thought you were talking about robert uh tyson well yeah somebody yeah I think we probably would have heard that bang, though, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly. possibly. Um, depending on how far... 
Neil is probably more likely to have heard it than you, uh, Lazarine. Okay. Do you want me to roll it? No, no. Yeah, you probably heard it. Okay. Uh, as soon as I heard it, I probably would have taken off running towards the Okay. Was there anything that you would have wanted to have accomplished in your time wandering around? No, I was just like checking out the facility. Okay. Um, doing what a corporate investigator exec does. Yeah. Right. Um, I want. I just. I guess. Guess what I was looking for is amount of traffic in the halls. Yeah. Um. Because um, it seems pretty quiet as of right now, and for a facility of this size, it, it's a little perturbing. Right. Give me a. You know what? I don't think you need a roll for that. Um. Spending a bit of time there, I mean, uh, it's not your first time here, maybe, um, or it's not your first time in a colony that is mining things like this, and it definitely seems a little bit lighter traffic, not a lot. I mean, it could be chalked up to just the day and the timing of shifts, but uh, your knee-jerk reaction is that it's a bit light. But then, yeah, you hear this pop in the back, and like you hear some screaming, probably Tyson screaming. Um <laughs> <laughs> And you, um, I, w- I would probably like just drop my drink and just run in the, in the direction of the sound. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I will just be leaning against the door, not looking in anymore, but just standing where I was. And I'll just mention over to Tyson, Bobby, get some tools, get this door down. Nobody goes in until I do first. You understand me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it, boss. Uh, uh, be right on that. And he kind of runs down, uh, and he comes back a short while later with like, yeah, like a metal cutting saw and that sort of thing. And they can kind of pretty quickly knock off that little latch there, um, and get the door open. All right, I'm going to um, just like just push the door open, but not step through it yeah. yet. And I want to see: is there anything different that I see? Other than what you've, you've given yeah, make so far. a spot hidden check. And Neil, if you want to make one too, if you're going to be looking in the room, yeah, um, I would probably. So he shot himself in the room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's basically would, in the uh, middle of the room. And Neil, when you round that corner, uh, that's going to be a sanity check for when you see. Oh yeah, I think I would immediately throw up. Like <laughs> <laughs> all that bourbon that you were just downing <laughs> comes burning back up. God, man. I have a hard success. Uh, I definitely failed. Tense throwing up. Okay. Uh, so, Owens, you lose four sanity points. Um, corporate training just really hasn't prepared you for <laughs> headless <laughs> <laughs> shotgun wounds. Um, and I imagine that like, it's dripping blood like there's basically like brains that have like stuck to the ceiling and like the blood is kind of just dripping down it in like various consistencies and and uh it's not a pretty sight by any means um and sorry uh caldwell you said you passed your spot hidden it was hard success um yeah so i mean for the most part like i said it's dozens of empty bottles and kind of nests of clothing one thing that does kind of catch to your eye uh, is stuffed underneath the mattress, um, and a, a few of it is kind of like hanging out at its corner, uh, is some papers. Um, looks like they may have been stuffed there pretty recently. Like the papers themselves seem to be in pretty good condition. They're not soiled. But you'd have to get get into the room and maybe step over mm-hmm. 
the body. Okay. All right. Um, so Dave was looking a little paranoid. I don't suppose he would have put anything up in there to keep people out other than the lock? Uh, based on your spot hidden, you don't think so. No. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, walk up to the body in the, the, the bloodless sections. I'm just going to go through his, his pockets in as somber a fashion as I can. Sure. So probably the only thing you find in his pockets is his ID pass. Maybe a pen as well. Yep. Anything special about that pen? Standard no. issue. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to uh, pocket that pass okay. and um, head over to those papers. Yeah, so you pull those papers out, and I'm going to throw some handouts your guys' way. Uh, not sure how easy it's going to be to read in the messenger here, so I can kind of read it to y'all, uh, unless somebody else wants to take the, the lead on reading this. I can. Get her. What the hell was that? I don't even know what just happened to me, but my eyes burned and my head hurts. There was something in Kingsley's office that he wanted me to see, and I swear I know what I saw. Whatever it was, but I can't remember anything. Between entering his office and stumbling back into my room here, there's like a mumbling in my head, and I don't know what's causing it. Nightmares. Nightmares every night, even maybe when I'm awake now. Same dream every time. Ice fields under an orange sky must be tightened. Huge blocks of black stone being dragged by some kind of big bugs. They're building something, and in the dream I know what they're doing is the most important thing in the universe, but I can't figure out what it is. Something big on four legs. Not six like the bugs. It's right behind me, but I can't turn around. Every time I close my eyes, I see burning red eyes staring at me. Too many burning red eyes. The mumbling is resolving itself into voices now. They keep telling me how small and worthless I am. How the universe doesn't give a shit about me or any of humanity. That we need to prove ourselves worthy of attention. Attention from whom? I hear names, but they don't mean anything. Yog, Sarsoth, Azarthoth, Nyarlathotep. Something about an ice sphinx. The voices are telling me I need to go to the Sphinx and prove myself worthy. I can't take this anymore. Whiskey shuts the voices up for a while at least. But goddamn, they are getting louder and harder to drown out. I keep getting this idea that something is watching me. And whenever I let my guard down, it's beaming. I don't know how else to describe it. These images of bugs and sphinxes and gods of outer space into my brain torment me. Am I going crazy? What if I'm not? Beautiful. Thanks, man. Yeah, so you made me have pulled that paper out and, and gone into the hallway and between yourself uh, and Neil, you guys have been able to read what is basically the few journal entries of Montrose. Um and scrawled in a pretty hasty signature uh, or hasty handwritten. Um, you can tell he's, he was not doing well when he was writing this. Well, I will uh, pick that up, fold the pages as best I can, put them into my little evidence pouch <laughs> yeah. or in my yeah. shirt. I'll just, <laughs> just tuck them in right in there. Like the red yeah. tape comes out and you seal it. And like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got that little spit swab right. in the retractable thing that never exists in right. reality. Yeah. 
Yep. And then I'll go over and uh, pick up the shotgun and just look at uh, Neil and say, all right, let's move on. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I don't care what you're doing, Mr. Cardwell, but I'm going to bed. Um, well, let's go see the doctor first. Uh, you go right ahead, sir. And I'll right. turn to uh, Bobby and say, Bobby, can you call somebody for maintenance to bring me to my rooms, or can you take me personally? Uh, so I'm not feeling well. Bobby's gone. <laughs> Maybe I start saying that, and I turn around, and I realize yeah. he's not. Gone. Yeah, I know, exactly. Like, he was behind you guys, and you're both looking in the room. Uh, yeah, and he's he's gone. So he opens the door, and then we step in, and then that's the yeah. last we see of him. Gotcha. Okay. I think it's well, best if I stay with you, Marshall. Maybe. This isn't good. Where's uh where did Bobby go? And we need to get someone down here to deal with his body. And where would we uh find the security cameras for this area? Um probably in the main security office. Um where would that be where Bobby was hanging? Yeah, hang where you seen that bank of like five by five monitors, so it's kind of back the way he came. Let's go get the doctor. Make sure she's got done what she's got to get done, and make sure we see those security cameras. <laughs> and then get Wipe you to my bed. Mouth. <laughs> um, yes. That sounds good, Marshall. I much prefer to stay in the company of people I trust, such as yourself. How many rounds are in that shotgun still? Um, they have five rounds, and you used one, so it's got four rounds. Uh, I don't know any of the skills for this. Should I just deal with uh, it later? Yeah, so for shotguns, it would use your firearms rifle shotgun skill, which you have a 50 in. Uh, as far as the damage and things like that, um, I can give it to you if you need to use it. Uh, but they are fucking deadly. Um, I think it's like 4d6 damage if you're within... Uh, 10 yards of them or something like that. And then it kind of progressively gets worse and worse the further away they are. Um, so it's a, a, a spray yeah. thing. But I believe yeah. he was using lethal rounds, which are a lot more deadly. Um, yeah, so they go 4d6, 2d6, 1d6, depending on their range. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, after witnessing that, um, I, I mean, you guys are probably... Uh, if you go back to like the main security office, it's, it's not hard to notify the gentleman there. In fact, he probably, um, was aware it already happened. Uh, he mentions that he's seen, uh, Bobby, like basically hightail it out of there. He was sweating profusely, uh, looked like he kind of just had glazed look over his eyes. He clearly was in shock after seeing that. Um, and so he mumbled out the events of which transpired. And so they've kind of got a crew of cleaning people kind of assembling in response to that. Um, And then you guys can make your way over to the doctor's lounge uh, to find Dr. Lazarine sitting in cold storage, um, awaiting for you guys to enter. What took you guys so long? I'm just shaking with the cigarette in my hand. It's not even lit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes... Meetings with old friends don't go the way you expect them to. He blew sometimes his they, fucking head off, man! And sometimes they kill themselves. Oh my... Oh my god, what happened? He's fucking gone! He's, he's fucking gone! How, how did he do it? 
I'm just gonna hold the shotgun with a little bit of blood <laughs> on the handle. <laughs> Efficiently. Well, we need to get somebody to bring the body over here. Well, I think that's what the uh, security team is doing. Very good. Yes. So, um, how, how, how was your time here? I was going to say it probably wouldn't have been that good, but I, I think it was actually better than ours. I was just going to say it's, it's probably better than yours. I'm yes. so sorry for your uh, for your loss. Well, misery loves company. Hmm. Well, uh, are you guys prepared to do an autopsy? Looks like we might be uh, having another body delivered pretty soon. I might as well two birds, one stone, doctor. Two birds, one stone. Neil, do you have any other alcohol around here? No, man. There's no more fucking alcohol. <laughs> Fuck, I could use a drink. I mean, to be fair, there's probably a half-drank bottle in the hand of <laughs> Sergeant Montreux. <laughs> if you want to pry it out of his cold, dead hand. Um, definitely not. I think I will go call for Stacy to bring another bottle of alcohol yeah. down. <laughs> and I'll just stay on the comms on the outside of the door and wait for... Whatever to happen. All right. Yeah. This request requires a bit more explanation, but you know, you swindle Stacy somewhat uh, efficiently and get uh, you get a bottle on its way pronto. Um, so maybe halfway through your guys's uh, autopsy um, that uh, Lazarine and and Caldwell are performing together, the the bottle gets delivered and. Not a typical sight to be having this many people in a room uh, designed just for one to all be drinking from a bottle, but. Um, circumstances. Uh, Lazarine doesn't. Lazarine doesn't drink from the That's bottle. That's fair. No, she'll she'll okay. stay away from that. Uh, so if you are doing a uh, kind of a postmortem autopsy of sorts, uh, do you want to give me a medicine roll? Do I ever? <laughs> uh, pass. Okay. So immediately upon examining the body, after zipping open the body bag. Um, much of what you had already seen in the kind of rudimentary records written by Montrus uh, proves to be true. Um, the body does need to be moved out of the morgue onto an actual operating table to do a full examination. Uh, Owens, are you sticking around to see this this underway? Definitely not. I'm just going to be sitting in the hallway, or standing in the hallway smoking and okay. drinking. Yeah, no, I'm not looking at any more bodies today. Fair enough. I'm just trying to compose myself because I still have shit I gotta do on yeah. this fucking colony. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, this probably ends up taking most of the rest of the day doing this. So I'd imagine eventually once you've maybe drank yourself into um, a bit of a sleepy doos, uh, you can make your way back to your quarters um, or something like that. Because um, it'll probably take a few hours to do all the toxicology reports and, and um, cutting and that sort of thing, but uh, we can cut back to you after we go through this. Um, cool. So yeah, much of those same, most notably, I guess, is the mark on his left uh, inside elbow, um, which clearly looks like an injection point. Uh, that is there. Uh, opening up the chest cavity, you're exposing the lungs, and you're easily able to confirm that there is indeed uh, evidence of fluid um, within his lungs. Um if you were examining this body and you were needing to declare a cause of death, uh, you would have said something along the lines of either death through drowning or asphyxiation. Um, you're able to pull uh, 
some of his blood is still in storage. I'd imagine the blood that's within his body right now is completely coagulated and like super thick um, and just not really usable in any sort of toxicology. Uh, but you're able to find yeah. some that's in, in one of the refrigerated compartments and you run this through uh, um, their toxicology machine and it spits out that he actually had uh, extremely high concentrations of morphine in his system. Um, and knowing that, uh, you'd come to the conclusion that he had died of overdose through, uh, respiratory failure. Hmm. It would be an extreme shock to you that, uh, he was abusing morphine. Um, knowing your history with him, uh, this seems so unlike him. Yeah. Um, did I ever find like a report of like, was there a needle at the, at the scene, like in his apartment? Uh, you know, if that was there it might have been overlooked on the medical records right right well this just can't be what can't be i i don't remember henry ever using drugs to for anything he wouldn't even take advil for a headache was he just uh tough up against the pain or did he have objection to using no he was just he preferred to just go through the pain i don't uh I don't ever recall seeing him ever take anything. So why would he OD on morphine? Hmm. Is this something that uh, can be? How much? How much does it take? Like, walk me through this. Like, is it like one vial? You stick it in your arm, you push the trigger, and you're dead, or does this take like multiple things? Well, I mean, it depends on how much you put in the in the actual syringe. Yeah, you notice that uh, his track mark, like his injection point. Um, it's definitely got multiple uses. It wasn't a once and done sort of thing. Right. Well, either he's Looks been like doing it a few times or someone's been doing it to him a few times, but I don't know what to say, Doc. I just don't know how anybody could, could, uh, do this to themselves. Doesn't make sense, especially with all that he had going for him. Hmm. I think. And, uh, Dr. Lazarine will pull out the the paper that she had printed off and write a few notes about these track mm-hmm. marks and figuring out that she had, that he had OD'd on morphine. This would definitely explain why uh, the morphine supply has been tampered with in the inventory on the computer. Is that, um, is that what the computer's telling you? What's that? Is that what the computer's telling you? Yes. And I'll pull out the other piece of paper and show them. And I'll actually try and maybe compare notes or like see if I recognize that this uh, handwriting is uh, right. is Henry's. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you'd be able to know that without making a roll. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely the the notes on top of some of the kind of doctored inventory lists uh, seem to be his hand. Hmm. Well, this just doesn't make sense, but. Maybe he got into some sort of trouble or pain that he couldn't even bear. Is there anything out here that could do that? Is, uh, is this is this the sort of place where you could get yourself hurt? Is it different from his previous posts? Oh yes, this is definitely di- definitely different. Mister uh, Mister Kingsley mentioned. No, I don't want to. I don't want to make accusations, but he kind of passed off blame f- for past troubles with with Dr. Holzer. Is is there any truth to that that you know of? Mm, Not that I know of. I really 
I really don't know what he could have been talking about. No, it's entirely possible he's lying. It's just a, another suit looking at numbers. They don't have to deal with people like you and I do. Hmm. Well, I guess I found out what I needed to find out. I suppose you did. Is there anything else for you to do here, then, or is it just pick up where he left off? Well, I, I guess I'll just pick up where he left off. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely keep my eye out, though. Something something doesn't quite seem to be adding up. No. No, this whole place doesn't seem to be adding up. And your poor friend over there. <laughs> which which one? The, the one with the vomit on him? <laughs> no. Oh, my other friend. Oh, right. Yes. Yes, well, I haven't seen him for a while, and it doesn't seem like it was much left of him in the first place. I mean, before the shotgun, but... I he's he was talking some some crazy things and I'll I'll show her the note that um I found in his his bed. Hmm. He was talking about a gate, and Mister Kingsley was talking about a gate, and not that I want to give into fantasies, but in this quick quick time I've been here, I I had a dream about something that was. It's kind of close to this. Could be just the sun. Could be something else. I I had the same dream. Yeah, the same dream. It was like a, a glowing orb that was telling me that uh, it was almost entering my body. And it was asking me why I was here. I don't much like questions when I'm not asking them. Especially from things in my brain. In my dreams. Mm-hmm. So, uh, why don't we just keep this between you and I for the moment, and carry on, carry on from here. Sounds mm-hmm. like what I came to do is done. Confirm the situations, and I can go. I don't know well, about you, but... Well, I can't go. I'm, I'm now posted here, apparently. But, yes. Uh, let's, uh, suture this, this yes, body up. Yes, let's, and... and by let's, I mean you, because I don't know how to. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll be here until we're done. Yeah, so you guys were able to kind of put the bad body back together, flip it back into its cold storage. Um, there is still Holter's apartment, which is essentially now your apartment, uh, Lazarine. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you were going to be spending a few nights in the. Uh, kind of office quarters um, where you first set up in, or if you wanted to be moving in this evening, or... Uh... Uh, I, th- I think uh, Lazarine would probably maybe spend a few nights in the... not not in Holzer's yeah. apartment. Okay. Did you want to go in there at all, or are you leaving that alone for now? Uh, she'd probably go in and uh, just kind of stand in the doorway and just look around. Like, not even go in really far, but just open the door, stand yeah. in the doorway, kind of look around. Um, for the most part, it's been cleaned out. Like a lot of his uh, personal effects that aren't property of Richter Dynamics has been removed. Uh, but what is still left there is like his personal computer, um, some paperwork and that sort of thing, which would obviously be in the interests of Richter Dynamics. Yeah. I'll just take note of that and then okay. close the door and and lock it. All right. So meanwhile, Neil Owens, um, heavy on the drink, uh, throw up on his nice suit. Um, 
Are you wandering the halls, <laughs> or are you hanging around, or where are you going? I'm I'm trying to meander my drunken state back to my uh, my apartment. Okay. Um, I am assuming it would take me longer than usual to yeah. find my. And way. on your way, you come across uh, come across Hendrix finishing a shift, and he's kind of got like uh, coveralls wrapped around his waist, and you can tell he's like he's pretty exhausted coming off shift. Um, but he kind of passes you in the hallway and Owens, you look like shit. <laughs> oh, fuck Hendrix. I saw a guy fucking blow his head off. Have you ever seen that before Hendrix? Man kill no. himself? Well, I mean, if you consider a greenhorn making an accident on the job and getting crushed under a hydraulic pump, then yeah, sure. I've seen someone kill himself. Fucking head of security, Hendrix. Fucking blew his head off. Jesus. I don't know what's going on here, but what was the... Montreux's dead. He dead, Hendrix. To be honest with you, I thought he was already dead. Hadn't seen his face around here for uh, at least a few weeks. No... He was spouting some sh- shit about... Sog Yothoth. Yog Sothoth and Gates. You know any shit about Gates? No. No, I mean, uh, not me personally. I, I, that's all that new religion crap that them... Uh, they, they talk to me about that. They've, they, they've tried to get me into it, but I, I don't really want to get a part of that stuff. Steer clear of it, Hendrix. Something's amiss here. You, you think you can take me to my apartments, Hendrix? I seem to be turned around a little bit, though. This shitty-ass potato vodka's gotten me turned around. Yeah, well, I mean, did you put in a good word with me? Uh, with Kingsley, at least? Oh, fuck! I got a meeting with Kingsley in the morning. Uh, it was a real brief meeting. He seems like he's all into that spiritual hokey shit that we was talking about earlier. Ah, he's pretty defeated that you didn't put in a good word with him, and he's like, well, thanks for nothing, you corporate jackass and he turns around and just keeps walking <laughs> the other way <laughs> Hendrix Hendrix come back I'm sorry yeah he just Bye. keeps going okay we're gonna leave things there for this evening I again want to thank you for tuning in uh, come join us next time when we release part three of the Titan Incident the Titan Incident